This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. On each episode of Barkcast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been? It's been very good, thank you. Good, good. Right, I've got one for you uh, this Shoot. week. With the pandemic, <laughs> uh, lots of people have left Phuket. Lots yep. of people have gone back to their home country or they've moved away. Um, and a lot of them have taken their dogs with them. Indeed. Some haven't. <laughs> yeah, that's not um, which is, let's not go down that know, hole. <laughs> let's, let's leave that one because otherwise, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I want to know, and, and I had a friend contact, well, not a friend, I think it was someone on a group, Facebook group or whatever was asking about shipping their dog back to their home country and I think I then tagged you in the post and said I'll speak to Canine Point Academy because they can help with that and then it thought to myself well hold on we should talk about this yeah okay so what's the steps if I want to move back to my home country and I obviously want to take my family and part of my family is my dog with me kind of talk us through how it happens preparation what I need to think about, what I don't need to think about. Is so it a nice, scary? So a nice, short, easy topic for us to you got dive fif- into. You've got 15 <laughs> minutes. Go. <laughs> Go. Right. Um, okay, off the top of my head, I would say there's a couple of maybe training issues that we can look at and also some obviously some logistical ones that we need to look at because there's going to be a bit of a crossover. There's, there's not just the moving country, but there's also the moving house bit that you want to look into because you're, you're really changing your dog's environment completely and dogs are masters of routine and environment right so let's start with the first one which is just preparing for the overseas before we get to the moving house one the overseas but okay start with right so let's use me as an example so i'm about to move back to the uk listener i'm not don't worry i'm about to move back to the uk with notice my sharp intake your breath (laughs) yeah with maximus so what should i do okay you need to have, there are different regulations depending on different countries and wh- where you happen to be going. If, for example, and I'm going to speak very broadly, if you're going to the likes of Australia and New Zealand, it is very difficult to get dogs in there. It takes a lot of time. If you're going somewhere like the US, piece of cake. If you're going to parts of Europe, equally relatively easy into the UK, very doable, but a bit of a process. Why is it difficult? It just depends on a different country's regulations as to what they want, either from you, the owners, and about your dogs and bits and pieces. Okay. For in Australia, they are really on top of basically anything going into Australia. I have my Toblerone taken away from me at customs in Australia. If you go in with any dried animal skins, parts, food, whatever, it gets taken away from you. That's why they have the Beagle Brigade to take what they don't want any bugs or Nazis being brought into the country. What was in your Toblerone? I have no idea. I'm convinced, that we're going slightly off topic, but I'm convinced that the customs officials just thought, you know what, I fancy a bit of chocolate, we'll have it. In all fairness. Can't blame them. Yeah, I was going to say, Toblerones are good. Other can't blame them. Other chocolates yeah. are available. I still to... haven't forgiven them though. Anyway. Anywho, <laughs> back on point. So obviously you need to research where you're going and then find out what it is, you know, what are the restrictions of getting dogs into said country. The other big one is what type of dog do you have? You, my friend, with your boxer are going to face some issues because he's what we call a brassophallic breed. What's that? It's the squash nose. So boxers, French bulldogs, English bulldogs, pugs, all come under that banner. Equally, if you've got something that's any way, shape or form remotely resembling or has in their description title pit bull, 
you're going to struggle because most airlines and particularly at the moment and this is partly due to the pandemic and partly due to uh, circumstance airlines at the moment are not flying said breeds certainly the french bulldogs english bulldogs and the, the brassophallics can i ask the, the brassophallics i said that right you did well done boom champion why what's the issue with them traveling we know they've got squishy because nose. they struggle to breathe at the best of times okay you're dealing with a a, a pressurized environment which you could argue makes it slightly um, more difficult to breathe you're also dealing with variant temperature changes and particularly if you're flying on different routes. So if you've got a, a dog that struggles to breathe in heavy, hot weather, such as Thailand, if they're sitting in their crate and they're out in the open air for a period of time in transit from you know, one area to another, and if certainly if the dogs is, are stressed, there have absolutely been dog deaths on airlines in flight, pre-flight, post-flight, related to either stress, anxiety, or the inability to breathe in certain environments in in the states it's very easy to ship dogs but they will have restrictions on dogs going to certain places at certain times of the year because it's either just too damn hot or too damn cold when the dog is traveling they're in they're in the hold okay that's in, in a compartment so well there's different ways of doing it one is they can be in the cabin with you which i really wouldn't recommend um for why that, would you not recommend that well Okay, if it's a short hop, if, I'm, if, I, if I could take Sassy in cabin with me on a flight to Bangkok, I absolutely would. She's a, she is actually a trained therapy dog. She's, she would be fine. She'll curl up and sit down for an hour. No dramas whatsoever. If I was flying and I have flown with her from here to the States, I don't think it's fair on her or me to have her in the cabin because it's a long flight. What if she needs to go for a pee randomly? What if she's just struggling or she starts barking at something? In, can you take dogs? Uh, sorry, you I can. And really? it's, it's, but, but, a, it's a big thing. And I get a lot of requests here. Can I train and certify therapy dogs and service dogs? Yes, I can. Oh, what do you need it for? Oh, okay. Sorry to interrupt. So you're saying because she, she's got the ticket that says that she is, and, and she is, by the way, a therapy dog, that therapy dog is allowed. Just explain that a little bit so more. Because I think we talked this, about this yeah, once this, before. This is a bit of a gray area. In terms of... The service dogs provide a service, a function. Think uh, guide dogs for the blind and deaf. They do stuff. They open doors. They pick things up. They guide you on a walking path. Therapy dogs uh, provide a service, but in a different way, which is just to, essentially to brighten somebody's day. You've got emotional support dogs, which are, I get anxiety attacks if I'm not with my little foo-foo. For me, and for a great number of people, the the concept of taking dogs on airlines is a cheap way of traveling with them. So for example, if you want to fly with your dog from the from Thailand to the UK, you cannot fly them directly as what we would call excess baggage, which I'll come back to that in a second. They have to go as a cargo shipment, which a costs a lot more, but that's the way they have to do it. And it's expensive. The other way to do it would be to have them in cabin with you and they go as a quote unquote service dog. A number of airlines won't do this, but some will. The question then becomes, if it's so much cheaper, why don't I just do that? But if you've got a dog that's completely out of control, yapping and barking at everything, who wants to sit next to that for 14 hours? So I could technically get a Great Dane yep. trained as a therapy dog. And yep. who would sign that off? Well, it would have to be... A, well, well, again, this is, and we are going down a slightly deep rabbit hole here. If you had your said Great Dane and it, you could have your AKC... Um, therapy dog certifications 
to get a service dog certification is even easier. You could just go to whatever Google service dogs and get yourself a jacket, get yourself a little badge that says my dog Rover is a service dog, put the jacket on, have your badge and away you go. Is it that easy? It's that easy. Wow. And in somewhere like the US where it's prevalent because they use planes like buses, there's stories of loads of people trying to take their dogs on flights. And the American Disability Act states that if you come up to my um, facility, whether it's a restaurant, bar, airline, whatever, and you say that you have this dog as a service dog and you're registered uh, with this organization, the American Disability Act states that I cannot ask you to prove said disability. I mean, obviously, if you're in a wheelchair, it's a little bit obvious. If you just happen to be there with a dog and you seem perfectly fine, well, you're disabled as far as you're telling me and I can't query that. So I have to take you in with the dog. Which is fine if the dog is generally behaved and cool, but most of the time we're just doing it for yes. Okay, we're going for a, maybe we'll put this one to one side because I'm finding that a complete. Oh, it's a fuss. It really is. Yeah, and, I, I would use the industry, a stronger word, but obviously we can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go back to okay. So we're gonna. So sorry, yeah, we really sidetracked. Yeah, on we that. did. So so we've got to prepare the dog. So the the the, the snubby nose dogs. Okay, as I called them, might not be allowed to th- travel. Th- let's right try now. and simplify this because I'm, I'm I'm aware that we've been. Um, <laughs> rattling on down a rabbit hole. So you've got your brassophallic breeds, the squash nose, English, uh, English and French bulldogs, boxers, pugs, etc., etc. If you've got one of those, I would say good luck with traveling. Certainly at the moment, it's really unlikely to happen. I'm not saying it can't, but it's very unlikely. Any other dog, um, I almost said normal dog, forgive me. Uh, any other dog you should generally be fine with. Obviously, larger dogs have bigger issues in terms of crate sizes because they have to be crated for the duration of their travel. Do I have to buy the crate or do you take the dog to I would the... recommend ah, creating the dog uh, and this is why I would also crate dogs from the, from the get-go so they're used to it. If you end up with a five-year-old dog that's never been near a crate, I've got to start that process all over. But that's where you would come in. Correct. So I would bring my... Let's, let's and this put, is part of the training versus logistics. Yeah. So if I know, for example, you're going to go back to the UK with Maximus at Christmas... Fine, let's start right now by the crate because he's full grown. We know the size. We can get him used to it. So in six, seven months time, he's golden. He's he's loving his crate and he's used to being in it. Do I need to get passports, inoculations? Stuff you need like to that? have all of your pa- all your passports, your doggy passport up to date with all his inoculations and vaccinations. You will also have to do what they call a titer test, which is the rabies jab, which involves just drawing some blood. Obviously, I'd go to the vet for that particular bit. That gets sent off to the UK or to Brussels. If it's all clear, that will be sent back. And then I think you've got 90 days from then. How do you get a doggy passport? Uh, Any vet. Just go to a vet and get your inoculations. And they usually give you a little book. And that's just got all the things in it. That's all you need. And dogs also have to be microchipped. Very easy to do. Very cheap. So let's say you've got your doggy passport. You've you've got your... um microchip but then you have to do this blood test and that has to get sent the results have to get sent to the blood itself gets sent overseas to either brussels or london so how long should you be planning this process because months because but but then you're saying you've only got once you've got the blood test you then have 90 days to get out so to speak no 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 it's you've got to wait that period oh you've got to wait 90 days once you get once that blood work comes back and it's up yep your dog is absolutely fine bit to travel you've got that window to wait before you can travel that does depend on where you are going okay so this 90 days is just like a quarantine period to use a buzzword right now and to use the uk as a good example yes it's quarantine but it's the dog still here with you in your house you've just got to wait that period of time before you can fly them back into the country don't ask me why it's odd i agree but it is what i was going to say because in in 89 days i could go and get if bitten you, by something if you and want to, yeah if you want to deal 
deal with something like New Zealand, Australia, Hong Kong, Singapore, slightly different processes, excuse me, a bit of a minefield to, to work with. They are all doable, again, depending on, on your breed, um, but the timeline and the process to get it done does vary greatly. Particularly at the moment, it's been an absolute cluster the last year because there's been so many less flights that are going generally. And we've had dogs that have been booked on a flight. The flight was canceled at the last minute and everything is very, very last minute. Yes, it's go, go, go. Five minutes later, it's no, no, no. It's been really, really difficult. So it for people that are traveling, and we have clients that get very frustrated that we're well, you haven't given us this information because we don't have it and we're not, you know, we're leaving next week. Yes, you might not get this information until hours before you leave. It's just the way the airlines and the industry is operating, particularly at the moment because of the way things are. Now, I know and I've heard you had conversations with, with friends who have moved. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, you have to get the dog taken up to Bangkok first? From here in Phuket, yes. They, okay. um, they will go to Bangkok for, I think, two to four days being processed up there just and it's just in terms of giving them time to go through paperwork and it's i think it's always been just like an overnight or a two-nighter um but in particular i think this is and i i I will double check this because i don't i I might say the wrong thing and I, i can recorrect myself later it's largely due to the pandemic that everything is going up out of bangkok predominantly for that reason and would you is there an agent is there a travel agent yeah so to speak? we did it ourselves in-house we can assist so from canine point, point, point academy can do that correct through through our contacts we can deal with everything from the dog this end to getting them sent to destination wherever you happen to be going and what happens if the the, the flight doesn't go direct so let's say the flight goes from bangkok to dubai dubai to uk it then will depend on the airline and the time of the layover for if you were flying, taking your routing, say on uh, Emirates or Qatar Air, if they were going Bangkok, Dubai, Dubai, London, and the layover, the if the combined length of that journey is over a certain amount, I think it's, I want to say eighteen hours, but again, I need to I need to double check it. If it's over a certain amount of time, they won't allow you to take the animal. It has to be, you have to get from A to B within a certain time window. It's doable. And if you, it allows for like, you know, a two, three hour layover in Dubai or wherever you happen to be. But if your subsequent flight gets delayed, you're up Thingy Creek without said paddle. Conversely, if you are flying, say, KLM, um, other airlines are available, obviously, um, Bangkok, um, Amsterdam to wherever, they've got a, an excellent pet hotel caring facility on site at Schiphol. So if your flight got delayed, the dog would be looked after at the hotel. Yes, you're paying for it, but it would still be fine. When the dog's actually in the hold, hold mm-hmm. itself, is there anyone that's looking after or going down, checking, or is it just you just go? What? Because if it needs a poo or a wee, or they do it in it? a crate. That's it. That's it. Wow. When I took Sassy to the states the last time, it was twenty six hours from putting her in the crate at the airport to getting her out of the crate in San Francisco, and I was going from the airport straight to the car hire place, thinking oh, that's going to be interesting with a very messy dog. Fairness to her, bone dry, not a drop. I mean, she was busting. As soon as I got her out of the crate, I mean, it was Niagara Falls. It was just, <laughs> bless her. She went for it. But she held it the whole way. She was really, really good. I've seen other dogs arrive from Bangkok down to Phuket. And yeah, you need to get the jet wash out. It's it's messy. <laughs> okay. Which you could argue, going back to that uh, rabbit hole earlier, if you've got the dog in the cabin. Absolutely. Right? And something happens well you can just imagine maximus in the cabin i'd rather not (laughs) 
I love Maximus, but I, I would not want to be on a yeah, flight with him. <laughs> half, half the plane would probably love it, and half the plane would absolutely hate it. Are there, Correct. just before we, we wrap up, is there a, a, any particular airlines or particular routes Ooh. that are better than others? Well, obviously, it just d- depends on where you're going. Okay. I'm a, I, that's going to come down to, to personal preference. And it's like with a lot of things. I mean, people say, no, you should always use this airline. Uh, personally, speaking personally, I like working with KLM. I think they're a, a great airline. The customer service I've, I've had from them, the years that I've used them has been fantastic. Same as Singapore Airlines, have, they've been brilliant. Others would say the same thing about other airlines. It's all down to personal experience and what have you. In terms of shipping your dog from where you want to go, if there's, obviously, if you've got options of different routings, you just want to look at the different airlines and, and you know, what are the, what's the shortest route is obviously going to be a, one of my first things that I would look at. Okay. And just, sorry, I, I just come up with one more question. Oh, no. Go on um, cost. What uh, sort of money should you be putting away? Let's say for the UK, oh, wow. what are we talking about here? On With the, your training included, obviously, at <laughs> Canine Point <laughs> Academy. I, I was just going to, let's break this down. Um, I, I, I didn't come back to you earlier. The, the ways you can travel with your dog, obviously in cabin, assuming the airline allows your breed on the airline, you can fly with them in cabin. They have to be, again, depending on the airline, around about six or eight kilos dog and hand crate combined. So we're talking very, very small dogs here. Then they can fly in cabin. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure what the rate for that is. If you want to fly the dog as excess baggage, this is where they go in their crate in the hold still, but they're on your flight with you. And that, I when I took Sassy to the States, was 250 euros. Uh, sorry, $250 each way, which is very cheap. If you want to fly or have to fly them as cargo, that gets expensive and you're talking hundreds of thousands of baht. Again, if you've got a, a small dog versus a large dog, it's a bigger crate, that's bigger weight, more dimensions, more cost. It does seem like a bit of a minefield, this it's, one. It is a minefield, and especially at this particular time, given what everything's up in the air, no pun intended. So in summary... Come and see you. Yeah, in summary, give us a call. And I would, if you're thinking, well, we're not leaving till Christmas, we've got time to do this, start now. Because we've had dogs that have done the blood work and have failed the blood work. Ergo, they need to have booster shots. And now we've got to restart the process again. Or their paperwork's, the, the flights were delayed by so long that the paperwork became out of date. You have to start again. So... Get in touch now. Let's see what the timeline is and we can plan accordingly. And equally, if there's any training issues that we have to look into in terms of getting them crate trained and ready for flight, that we can start now so it's less of an issue nearer the time. K9pointacademy.com then. It is indeed. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out K9 Point Academy. That's K9pointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.